And like, there's this one line that says, I ought to say no, 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 sir. And for me, I'm like, okay, well then like, pack it up. The song's over. Like, time to go. Like, Welcome to another episode of Feminist Fiends in Quarantine Queen. I'm Nelly, And I'm Pate. We are excited to try something new this week as we are talking about music. We thought we'd, remi- we'd be remiss to let the holiday season pass by without us feminist fiends tackling the age-old Christmas controversy, Baby It's Cold Outside. Baby It's Cold Outside is a popular Christmas song written by Frank Lossier in 1944 and introduced to the public in the 1949 film Neptune's Daughter. It has been re-recorded by Dean Martin, Willie Nelson, and Nora Jones, She and Him, Adina Menzel and Michael Bublé, John Legend and Kelly Clarkson, Ray Charles and Betty Carter, and countless others. But in recent years, the song has faced criticism for its lyrics controversy, being described as suggestive of sexual harassment and other forms of misconduct. We will be unpacking the history of the song, the stances people have taken on this controversy, and of course, ask the age-old question, is this song feminist? Before we begin unpacking this complicated and controversial Christmas tune, we want to give the content, we want to give a content warning. We will be unpacking how this song relates to consent and sexual misconduct. Please practice self-care and click away if the content of this episode could be potentially triggering. We encourage you to listen to one of our, our other episodes. Last week's episode was about Samantha, the American Girl doll, and it's incredibly chaotic, but also with a twinge of holiday theme, so I encourage you to check that one out if this episode isn't the one for you. Additionally, we'll be plugging some action items at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. So I, I know we normally start off the question, like, why is this worthy of feminist critique? And to me, there's really no question why it is. It's been so... Um, I think we're going to unpack why, but I think there's really no question that Baby It's Cold Outside is worthy of feminist critique, especially since the rise of the Me Too movement. We've been empowered to think critically about elements of pop culture and the messages they send related to issues of sexual misconduct and consent. Um, And I know, Pate, you and I both read like multiple articles and listened to multiple versions of the song in preparation for this episode. And in one of the articles I came across was by Vox and it's titled why baby it's cold outside became an annual controversy about date rape and consent. And the author, Emily Crockett asks the question, quote, is baby it's cold outside too problematic to enjoy with a clear conscience anymore, or is our perception of it the real problem? So I'd love to hear your thoughts, just kind of like what stands out in the song's lyrics that calls this into question and yeah and then I think we'll dive in a little bit into like the history of the song um and kind of the different takes on it but I just love to like think about how this is relevant in the age of the Me Too era yeah well like I'm looking at you know the notes that you have put down um like certain lyrics that I think suggest you know um suspicion like hey what's in this drink and you know, you and I have grown up in a context where, like, 
date rape drugs are unfortunately like a part of culture now. Um, but, you know, reading these articles in the 19, I mean, it was technically like this song while written in the 40s was, you know, famous in the 50s. But that was where it was like, when you would do something stupid and you were drinking, you'd be like, oh, what's in this drink? Like, I could have never, like, done that. That must have been me, you know, super drunk. But I think that is, like, when a says, hey, what's in this drink? That is definitely a call to be skeptical of the situation and, like, what's going on. Um, so that's definitely, like, bef- when... I started listening to this no longer as a child and like more growing up and I would hear that certain lyric you know I feel like that is what takes it from a light-hearted like banter duet to you know something that isn't as cute and like you first initially thought yeah and I think like the thing that's kind of alarming to me, especially just with my and just to give context to our listeners for those of you who don't know like I feel like a lot of my and I'm going to plug some of these organizations later at the end, but a lot of the like things I was involved in in undergrad were related to um, sexual misconduct and being like trauma informed and like, like title nine. And so for me, like, I feel like I've, I've, and also I'm lucky to have had, and I would love to like talk more about sex ed, like in future (laughs) episodes, but I had pretty comprehensive sex ed as like in my upbringing I guess and so like I did learn about consent and like there's this one line that says I ought to say no 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 sir and for me I'm like okay well then like pack it up the song's over like time to go like (laughs) and so I but um and I know we're going to talk about kind of the context of the time that the song was created but I think in in today you're like okay well if she's saying no like then that's it. Like, it's over. Like, it's time to go. And she's trying to leave. And so, and like, there's also a line that I'm sure people don't read into it quite this much, but like I do, like he says, put some records on while I pour. And um, for me, I'm like, okay, that plus the, hey, what's in this drink is like very much like, I feel like, like you said, Pate, we've been kind of ingrained to like watch whoever's making our drink or make our own drink, like have our drink in our hand, like the entire time, like be very conscious of the fact that like someone could be potentially uh, roofing um, our drink. So you wouldn't say like, if someone said, hey, you go do this, I'll make you a drink. Like that to me is like, uh, like, no, please do not go put records on while he makes your drink. Like, so um, also something I wanted to name. So yeah, I, I think now is probably the time we should dive into kind of the history of it all. But something I was reading in, in the like, in, our, in preparation for today was a, the original script was the man was listed as the wolf and the woman was listed as the mouse. Yeah, I saw that. And it's very much like this predator prey kind of dynamic going on. And why is he a wolf? Why can't he be a cat? That makes so much more sense. We just try to over-masculine. <laughs> right. It's like hyper-masculinization of it all. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, I just... I can understand some of the arguments for, and I appreciate some of the arguments for the 
the progressiveness of the song in its time but like that element in itself is kind of like okay now like the the prey predator hunting prey um just isn't how like consent works so and it's just not how women should be treated it really does have like this objectification of them in this context so so yeah do you want to ask the next question I would love to. Look at look at look at us. <laughs> I, I like um I don't know if you saw this, but I like picked up two quotes from the Times article because I feel like the Times article is definitely trying to explain how Which at, one is that during the, the um I think maybe it's called outside a brief history of the holiday song controversy. <clears throat> um Oh that's really down. Oh well which one is that? The time one is Baby It's Cold Outside was always controversial. Okay. Yes. And it's a really great read. Um, I mean, these I'm, are all great reads if you're listening out there. Yeah. Please, like... Go the, educate Every, yourself. like, major news source has talked about this. Yeah. So, including us. I swear, we're not, just, we're not just using, like, Odyssey articles. Right. <laughs> I hate Odyssey articles. Because it's, like, someone named... No, this is going to be so mean, but someone named, like, Ashland being, like, why being an army wife is the hardest job in the world. <laughs> and, then, like, <laughs> and I remember in high school, like, this Odyssey article went viral because it's, like, I'm a woman and I don't need feminism and here's why. Oh, my God. And oh. she listed, like, seven reasons and one of them was, like, Delish I can vote. Oh, my God. And I... I don't need a man or like something so stupid. We'll find it and roast it one day. Anyways. <laughs> That'd be so funny. So, just roasting a bunch of Odyssey articles that no one asked for us to do. That would be so unbranded. Well, this for whole us. podcast, no one asked for any of this. <laughs> no one asked for this. That's our that's but, our catchphrase. No one asked for this. But you're welcome. Um, okay. Many people argue that the song can actually be considered progressive and feminist for its time, given um, background evidence. So Nellie and I are now going to dive into that and, you know, kind of explain how certain context clues can explain it in a more progressive and empowering way. Yeah, so like the a couple of the articles that I encountered, there's one by Chris Willman um, that's titled End the War on Baby It's Cold Outside, It's Feminist. And I was like, whoa, that's a big claim. That's also the question we're asking. So, but um, basically, Chris Willman talks about like how it's like about a woman's sexual agency and essentially like how in the 40s like it's like women are expected to be a little bit and I would argue like this is still to a certain extent the case like they're expected to be again things have changed a lot since the 40s but also like men are definitely more sexually empowered than women are um just like as in social norms but I think women are like gaining this sexual empowerment but in the time like like during the time of like the 40s this was really kind of considered progressive because a woman is like recognizing that in her social context like people are going to notice if she doesn't come home basically and they're going to make assumptions about her that are going to like 
affect her more than if like her counterpart did the same thing so she's kind of making excuses to be like oh like i tried like i tried to leave um and it's really not in this context about um these folks are arguing essentially that it's not about uh, it's not for lack of consent she does in reality consent to this because it's really like they say that in particular the lyrics where she's like um maybe just a cigarette more maybe just a half a drink more it's kind of her being like okay yeah like let's stay and i'll say that you kind of just like didn't give me the option to leave and in that case also something i learned um obviously this the song premiered in neptune's daughter but frank losser i don't know how to pronounce his last name but the guy who wrote this essentially um wrote it just for his wife and him to sing as like do as a duet at like parties they went to which i think is like cute very cute and hilarious and um in that case like it was just kind of like let's be playful of a woman's sexuality um again like i think i would still kind of push back on this argument because like i do anything that is considered sexually like empowered like that's going to advance sexual empowerment for women in its time like i will honor and appreciate and i think this song could definitely be considered an element of feminist history but at the same time like i think the fact that it's like written by a man i think if it was like sung at parties like while that's very cute like you could make the argument that that was for the sake of the male gaze like i do think that like knowing what we know now i'm like oh, I, I don't know it's tough like i i don't know what my stance is on it but i do think that this is a really helpful point and i just want to read a quote from this article that i think kind of really was um really pulled me into this argument and it says quote taken maybe a, sm a smidgen more seriously than its creator intended baby it's cold outside is the story of a woman doing battle not with a guy who won't take no for an answer but with the expectations of a society that won't take yes for an answer the most critical word in the whole piece is ought as in i ought to say no 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 sir she isn't trying to fend off advances she is mouthing excuses so she can at least say that she tried he won't face judgment sneaking home whereas she can take off at least three family members who will notice when she sneaks in after hours so again like she's expected to turn down sex where as in this case she's she's like yeah no i kind of want to i don't know if i can really say this i don't think i would word it this way but she's like, i want to bang <laughs> she like, wants she's down to she's down to hang she's trying to netflix she and chill in the 40s <laughs> <laughs> um okay yeah i just totally want to add to that um the time article um What's it, what's it titled? Um, Baby, It's Cold Outside was always controversial. Um, and it was written by Olivia Waxman. And I think this is, it was really, she, she used a lot of historical context to explain really in depth what the reality was for women at that time. And she says, quote, but for women who are caught doing so, you know, um, having sex or whatever. The consequences could be steep. Her personal reputation and her family's reputation was on the line. Abortion was criminalized and contracep contraception was illegal in most states. Women who got pregnant could be kicked out of their homes and out of college. Pregnant high schoolers could be sent home for a, could be sent to homes for unwed mothers 
forced to give up their babies for adoption and to undergo a rehabilitation program before they could go back to school. And then furthermore, in the article, um, she quotes, men were expected to push and women were expected to make sure men didn't cross the line, which was entirely up to the woman because if the line was crossed and they didn't have sex, she was ruined. The song is an important historical document because it does represent these constant negotiations. It's describing an everyday encounter. So I think it's just interesting that, you know, in historical context, it's always like up to the woman and like, and even if she wants to, she's the one that will get chastised for her decisions. And so I think this article specifically was trying to explain how it is more about trying to hide a woman's true feelings that she does want to stay over with her boyfriend, but because of these harsh, you know, like consequences, they have to be extremely secretive about it. And it's just like, you know, it's frustrating to read the reality of what was, you know, happening back then. And that like women really, it didn't feel like they could win. Um, and then furthermore, I didn't quote this, but certain, you know, statistics that were taken back then, it was like, like 65 or 60% of men expected to like, be like their wife to be a virgin, where 80% of people, 80% of people were having premarital sex. And that was just like, you know, it's just frustrating. And just absurd expectations. Like, and again, like, move past that. Yeah. And so like in reality, I do think that the song opened doors for women to like, maybe not open doors, that might be open a window for women to like explore their, their sexual kind of promiscuity a little bit in a way that was like fun and empowering and like gave them agency. Even though I think in the context of today, this song is, is calls into question a lot of the things that, especially I think our generation where we're like, whoa, these are a lot of things that like we are know are not okay, which is great. Yeah. I do think that like that yeah. says that we've learned a lot um, and we've grown as a, as a society. I and do want to talk- that we don't have to make excuses and like, well, I'm, there are still people who would Absolutely. like not want to tell their parents or like would be chastised for making those decisions. But the fact that we as a society have moved so far from that, where we now read this as like a date rape anthem instead of a secret lovers anthem, I think is really impressive. Right. I mean, it's and I hopeful. think we've gotten to a context like I I do feel like. I don't think it's over by any means, but I think right. even in the course of yours and my lifetime, like we've seen like things like slut shaming, like really evolve. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that I really do feel like a lot of the pop culture that we consumed, I feel like in the early 2000s and like the nineties and even like the early 2010s, like was so much about, like that was a lot of the um, kind of, part of storylines of things and also the ways in which we saw women who were actually like sexually empowered and like had agency over their um actions and I think like now I do think we've we're kind of moving away from that sort of rhetoric um it's not to say that people aren't called like sluts and hoes and whores all the time like that definitely still happens but I, I I'm hopeful that we're moving away from that so just to see the evolution from when this song was created to now is to me hopeful but I do want to talk just because like 
I feel like this is like really the only like Christmas duet and it is like I would argue a pretty beloved song um even though there's so much controversy around it I do think like it's rare that you would find a Christmas playlist or like a spot playlist Spotify made or something without some version of this song on it. And so also, audience, Nellie and I both said that we do love this song before yeah. we recorded. So we're not trying to be like, if you listen to this song, you're canceled because like, baby, I'd be canceled so quick. Well, and like, I was talking to my aunt, um, shout out Tina. <laughs> I know you're listening. Um, but I was talking to her in anticipation for this episode and she was like oh my gosh I love that song but I know I shouldn't and I feel similarly but I think now after unpacking these things like I think I don't know we'll get to this in the final question but I think there's a a nuance of how to think about this but um I I just want to I think a question worth asking is just really is there a need to re-record the song over and over again um if it's going to be like the Christmas duet how can it be changed to be relevant with the times since the rise of the Me Too movement so um in 2016 uh singer-songwriter duo um and I think this song was like I'm sure it was like you may have seen it before because the video was like I think reshared on social media a lot um when it came out just because it was pretty radical for 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 the song so Lydia Liza and Josiah Lemansky um revised and re-recorded Baby It's Cold Outside to emphasize the importance of consent in sexual relationships um and in their revised version many of the lyrics like most of the lyrics are changed so it's like I ought to say no 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 sir you reserve the right to say no like at the end like he is like calling her an uber and like getting her in her car to go home and like they'll like see you later like thank you for like it's just all very like cordial and like with like very kind of consensually informed and so to me I feel like that was kind of the the first that I know of song that kind of put like that put a spin on the message in the context of today and to me I think that's very meaningful and then um and then uh, there's another one that Pete's going to talk about that I think um, has, I would say, is probably one of our favorites at this point. Yeah. So it's John Legend and like Clarkson. And I believe they like, you know, did this because they're both um, judges on The Voice. Um, and so it was a 2019 version and has some revised lyrics while still staying true to the song's original vibe. Um, So uh, at one point, John Legend says, I can call you a ride or it's your body and your choice. And I think one um, part of the song that's really interesting, so like the Uber, you hear him honk and he's like, here. And Clarkson's character um, basically is like, oh, just go ahead, I'm staying. So, like, we see, like, it truly is, like, a consensual relationship, but also a great song, because they're both, like, so talented. So, listen to it, and let us know what you think, but I really like that version. Yeah, and I feel like this version is really kind of the culmination of all the things we've talked about, and, like, I want to, like, shout out particularly Lydia Liza and Josiah Lemansky, just because I feel like they did it first, and then these, like, amazing, like, famous, um, (laughs) and these, like, like, famous kind of, uh, I don't know, yeah, these celebrities then also did it, so I I think they kind of paved the way for Kelly Clarkson and John Legend in a way, so, like, shout out to them. For sure. Um, And I really do love their version, but I think 
John Legend and Kelly Clarkson's version, like, is both, like, sexually empowering, consent, like, informed of consent, and then also, like, keeps enough of the, the, like, original lyrics where you're, like, okay, I can, like, sing along to this and still kind of know it the way that I always did. So I feel like it kind of stays true to Frank Loeser and Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and, um, and, Ray Charles and all these kind of legends that that recorded it while also being like okay this this needs to like be relevant to 2019 when it was recorded and to the Me Too movement um and I I was saying to Pete beforehand um and again Pete I'll cut some of this because I'm rambling but I was saying to Pete beforehand how I was like I just was like reading the list of people who have recorded it. And when I saw John Legend and Kelly Clarkson, I was just like, in particular, I just think John Legend is like such an activist and he's so outspoken about like so many issues and he hates Trump and like all of these things. So I was just like, why? I was like, why would he record this? I was like, I can't believe he would do this. Like, like he's such a hypocrite. And then I like, today, oh listen to the song. Nelly. Like I literally was getting like all hurt. And like, I, this is like, me having to like check myself a little bit mm-hmm. but I literally listened to the song today and I was like oh my god thank god he's like he's like actually who I thought he was like I was like this song is so good like when he said like it's your body and your choice I was like yes like I just think <laughs> it's like what I need for the song and truthfully it's probably the only version I'm gonna keep listening to I'm kind of disappointed in Adina Menzel and Michael Buble I'm not gonna lie like come on you two get your head in the <laughs> but like their voices are <laughs> but I love so them. golden oh so my god golden. I love them so oh you asked a question sorry I'm being nuts it's my coffee. no it's okay your coffee kicked in it literally did <laughs> I was like <laughs> um yeah so like this is gonna be interesting I've really been like thinking this over since we talked about like this song and like that we were gonna do it on the pod is baby it's cold outside feminist you know after doing research about it and just like seeing the reality for women when it was created you know it definitely I almost feel like you have to view it in two as like two different songs like one was like the original song that was written in the context that it was and then we have the song now that just makes no sense in our society and so like that does make it better and that does make me I feel like I'm able to listen to it now and not get the heebie-jeebies um however I just think that like the fact that this song had to exist in that society it's not empowering like the fact that women had to sneak around and have these double standards and be you know completely just like disregarded in their choices and autonomy that's not empowering so I think as even though baby it's cold outside was meant to be like um a way to be like oh you know like this woman wants to stay with her boyfriend and she's going to do it I just don't think that is feminist and you know I think Kelly Clarkson and John Legend's version is feminist well yeah I would say I don't think I mean, it's two consenting adults making a decision. Um, should we label that feminist, though? Like, that's, like, the bare minimum, right? 
Yeah, but that's what feminism is. It's just equality right. and being able to make a choice and you're uh, right and consent to something. I mean, I think we see feminism or many people see feminism as this like radical crazy thing and it's actually just like giving people like giving women and just and non-binary people just like or just like a whole intersection of identity the autonomy over themselves is to me really like what again I think we're continuing to define and redefine what we consider to be feminism but to me like it is like consent is just like the root of it and you can't talk about mm-hmm. this without talking about consent because like yeah. like we talked about in last week's episode or no two weeks two weeks ago when we were talking about little women like feminism like sam young said feminism is about choice and mm-hmm. in this case like kelly clarkson literally is like murray or whoever her driver's name is like go home she's like yeah. i'm busy i'm getting busy <laughs> so i think like um i, I think it is I, I mean i don't know Sorry, I cut off your point, but... No, I mean, I was just, like, to wrap up my point, like, back in 1949 when this was created, I can't say it's feminist because of, like, why it was created was because women couldn't, you know, be open and be free in their choices, and that's not feminist. Now, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, changing certain lyrics, like, when we talked about little women going back to that you know sometimes like certain pieces of art and like media can be reformed to still have like the the parts that we love but like making it more empowering and inclusive for other people and I think the most recent version of the song does that just like little makes some changes to be more empowering for women today and so I mean to I know I just said to wrap it up, but I didn't wrap up my answer. Um, I think it all depends on like the, you know, the version of the song. And I do think context allows us to better appreciate it, but it doesn't make it feminist per se. Yeah. So I really went into this thinking that I was going to say no. Um, And I actually think that this conversation has allowed me to kind of evolve and nuance my opinion on it. And I feel like the fact that I think Baby It's Cold Outside is like really up there when it comes to songs that have like provoked this sort of conversation. And to me, I think that the fact that people are talking about it, again, like I I wouldn't say this for anything, but I do think the fact that like it's allowing us to like think like, like a really wide audience to think critically about this issue and like engage in conversation of the Me Too movement and about consent and learn about consent along with its history, like, I actually would make the argument that it's feminist. Um, I personally, like, don't think it's super ethical to, like, at this point to uh, re-record it without some kind of um, nuance on it. Also, just truthfully, I think we're in need of a new Christmas duet. So I'm just like hoping someone will make one because so true. Like we it really is the only one and I love a duet. And I think that's what so, like people love so much about the song is like usually two like amazing artists will come together to like collaborate on the song. So I think like, I think I, I, I would say, I, I don't want to like close the book on baby. It's cold outside, but I do think that like we can have, we could have more kind of, 
relevant um, uh, uh, songs. But at the same time, like I do think, like we said, John Legend and Kelly Clarkson's version is like my ideal version for today. And I, I do think the, um, the Variety article that I referenced earlier by Chris Willman, in it, it, it basically says that the, we should approach lyrics from now, like 80 years ago, we should approach them similar to like, uh, a, like Shakespeare lyrics, more or less. Like we need to like kind of translate them and think about them in the context of their time. I think to compare this to Shakespeare is maybe extreme, but I do think that like, it's true that we should view this more as an opportunity to like learn about history and the evolution of like sexual empowerment as opposed to um, just kind of like canceling a song. Like I really do think just canceling Baby It's Cold Outside is unproductive. So I would argue just because of the feminist discourse that it provokes and the ways in which it, it kind of allowed women to be sexually empowered in its time as well as like now be kind of updated for the the relevance of the me too era i i would actually argue that it's feminist um at this point but it's pretty wild because i love 180 i know i really didn't like also it's kind of fun when you and i feel a little bit different about things like i know yeah and i i think I, I would love to hear what other people have to say because I think it's worth thinking about, but I, I'm, I feel kind of proud of myself again. I don't want to like pat myself on the back, but I do think I like went into this being like, yeah, fuck this song. And whenever I hear it, I'm like, fuck this song. <laughs> and like, I, <laughs> I really like don't feel that way anymore. I think like learning about it makes me like, okay, again, I think I still have more to learn about it. And I'm excited to see kind of how all of this discourse unfolds as we move forward um, and, and advance in this issue. But I, I do yeah. feel like there's, I think reclaiming the song for today is feminist. So anyway, I just fucking Listeners, hammered on that please, point. <laughs> like, I'm so curious. Like, yeah, literally if y'all have listened, um, do a poll, an Insta poll. DM us on Instagram. No, yeah. like seriously, I, I want to hear what y'all have to say. Cause like, it really is such an interesting topic. And like you just said, Nellie, sometimes it's so great to like get the, historical context and then it just makes the story entirely different and it's like great to unpack something in the context of today and I know I feel like that's what we usually do but at the same time like I don't think we're doing the creators justice if we're not thinking about it in the context of its time so I think we just yeah good for us Um. (laughs) also it also makes me like understand why grandparents especially grandmothers nowadays sometimes act the way they do um you know not excusing it per se but it really like it gives you an insight like to what they had to deal with so like no wonder so many of them you know have their views because they were almost like like exiled from their family if they did anything wrong right right fascinating Okay, well, like Pate said, um, listeners, please send us your thoughts. We genuinely want to hear it. Um, But we're going to move into some action items. I have two quick ones that I want to plug. One is specific to Swanee and the other is a little bit bigger. Um, I want to plug the Student Title IX Committee. 
which is also known as Sticks. And um, I was part of this organization uh, my senior year. It's well, actually my junior and senior year at Swanee. And basically, it is a group of student leaders that are dedicated to peer education about sexual misconduct and sexual discrimination. And they work with the Title IX office to lead trainings and um, kind of advise on issues surrounding uh, sexual misconduct and education in relation to the student body and just kind of be a bridge between the student body and the administration. And they actually do a training um, called sexpert training, which is just like a sex education training, but sexpert is <laughs> kind of a, it's a little quirky thing and it comes from Planned Parenthood. And it's just an opportunity to kind of get students on the same page when it comes to sex education. Because as I referenced earlier, like I do think they're so interconnected and like the only way we can all kind of understand what consent means is to really get on the same page about it. Because I think unfortunately, a lot of us like don't have the opportunity to learn about it in a formal context. So I think they're doing really amazing work. Um, and I just want to plug their Instagram. And if you're at Swanee, um, I hope you've already been a part of one of their trainings. But if you're not at Swanee, I still think you should go check out their Instagram just because they post a lot of cool stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just very near and dear to my heart. So it's on Instagram at Swanee underscore sticks. And that's S-T-I-X. Um, and then I also just want to give a plug for Planned Parenthood. I think if like any of the things that we've talked about, um, if you have questions about consent or need resources, um, I just think that's a great uh, a place to go um, or if you need support. Um, so my um, action item doesn't really have anything to do with the context of the song, but the title of the song um, just made me think about you know, being aware of especially homeless people who, um, you know, are living outside in extremely cold temperatures and uh, tragically, actually, I'm not going to say that. Um, well, the other week, unfortunately, a homeless woman froze to death um, a few feet away from the warming station in Birmingham. And that was just, um, you know, really an upsetting reminder of the privilege we have just by like having a house, having warmth and that, um, you know, this while is something you don't think about very much every day, it's, you know, something that we should be thinking about. So, um, specifically Birmingham's warming station is at the Boutwell Auditorium and pre-pandemic they were you know um, accepting volunteers but now I think they really just um, can help or volunteers can help by dropping off bottled water, pre-packaged snacks, blankets, toilet paper, etc. Um, so you know if you're in the Birmingham area Google Boutwell Auditorium Warming Station and see how you can help. And if you aren't from Birmingham, just, you know, try and find the local warming station closest to you and see how you can get involved because um, it is getting cold outside and one deserves to be able to, you know, have some sort of a place to sleep that's um, warm and safe. Thank you so much for sharing that resource because I think it, it's really important. So thank you. Yeah. Um, 
So onto our quote, as we said earlier, um, giving them another shout out, Lydia Liza and Josiah Lemansky revised and re-recorded Baby It's Cold Outside in 2016 to emphasize the importance of consent in sexual relationships. And a portion of the net proceeds from their song benefit the Sexual Violence Center of Minnesota and the National Alliance to End Sexual Violence. So those are just two or, or other organizations we're plugging. Um, and plugging that song, I encourage you to go listen to it. But since we want to emphasize the importance of consent, um, I'm just gonna read a few lyrics from that version, just cause y'all know the regular ones. So we don't need to, we don't need to hammer home with those. Um, but some of them are, baby, I'm cool with that. You reserve the right to say no. Text me at your earliest convenience. Um, and then also, like we said earlier with the John Legend, and Kelly Clarkson's version, um, It's Your Body and Your Choice. That's another one I'll leave you with. So, um, so yeah, go check these out. Let us know your thoughts. We're excited to hear what you have to say and um, stay warm and help others stay warm, like Pete said. This has been Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens. Bye. Bye.